0: Hey, Connection Point Church, I am excited to be joining you again online as we go through our series, uh, Training Days, Prepping Every Day for the One Day. And I want to go ahead and I want to encourage you to do something maybe a little different. Uh, The first thing I want to do is I want you to grab a pen and maybe some paper or maybe just a place where you can take notes because you may not be able to read every single day, read the Bible every single day, but you know what? Every single week you could at least learn about one passage. And this passage that we're going through uh, in 1 Peter, this book is such a powerful uh, a book to go through right now. And so I just want to encourage you to do that. You know, great things are happening in our church. Yesterday I got to um, witness a baptism of. Uh, Kaylee Green. It was so exciting. And I'm telling you that there are just so many great things that God is doing in this month, even in the midst of the pandemic and the chaos and all of the things that are going on. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, maybe if you want to get baptized, or you want to hear more about it, that this might be something uh, that this might be the time for you to do that. And so I just want to encourage y'all. As you think about uh, this training days idea, the idea that every single day, even when there's a pandemic, even when there's racial tensions or political tensions, every single day for a Christ follower is an opportunity for us to become more like Jesus. And that is our hope of this series. And you know, a lot of times when you think about following Christ, sometimes it can be one of those things where following Christ, if you, if you aren't really in it, if you're if you're someone who professes Christ but you don't actually obey and follow and, and, and guide your life by Jesus, sometimes it seems like man, it, it's great being a Christian. It's great being a Christian. I just believe this and everything goes goes cheeky. But what is interesting when we read First Peter is that we begin to see, you know what, there's more to it than just easy believing that, hey, God is there and that God is going to be for me. In fact, Jesus, when we really dig into his words, when we really dig into the words of Peter, we begin to see there's a lot more to it. You know, Jesus calls us to believe, but he also called us to repent and believe. That's what he says, repent and believe. That is, turn our lives towards him. And the other thing about that is, when we turn our lives towards him, and we begin to believe that He is the Messiah, Jesus warned us that we are going to suffer. We are going to go through suffering. In fact, did you know that one of the nicknames for Jesus was the suffering servant? I don't know if you've ever thought about that. We're, we're called to be like Christ, and one of the nicknames for Jesus is the suffering servant. Now I want to just to kick this off, I would love to know. If you have ever had a nickname, maybe that has stuck to you, not something that somebody was making fun of you. You mean, I mean a real nickname that, that maybe you were like, you know what? That's not really the nickname that I want to stick. If you have a nickname like that, I'd love to see it in uh, the chat. But Jesus had this nickname that I've got to think he would always think anytime somebody said there's the suffering servant or Jesus was the suffering servant, he's got to think, you know what? I wish I, I like the other ones. I like God is with us. I like Emmanuel better than a, than the suffering servant. But yet when we follow Jesus, we need to understand there's more to it sometimes than just believing and then everything is good. And that's what we learned this week. I'm going to start us off with uh, verse 12. We're going to jump right into it. This is chapter 4, verse 12. It says this, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. You know, I, I love this. In fact, some people think this is a prophecy that Peter was making. Now, if you don't know the history of uh, Rome during this time, Nero was about to take, or he might might actually be um, on the throne right at this time. And there was this moment in Nero's uh, reign that was either coming, and this is what um, some pastors, some theologians think Peter is prophesying prophesying about, is that, Nero goes off and he basically goes on a beach vacation and when he goes on this beach vacation, Rome, the city of Rome catches fire and it is right in the places that Nero wanted to have a building project. And so most people think that Nero set the city on fire so that he could clear it out and he could build the things that he would eventually build there. Anyway, he's on vacation. He hears there's a fire, and he doesn't just beeline it back to Rome. He actually takes his time, and he, by the time he gets there, it's pretty much all burned. And people are upset at Nero. They think he might have done this when they see the building projects. And so he decides that there needs to be a scapegoat other than him, and who does he choose? He chooses the Christian's. Because remember, the Christians seemed weird. The Christians seemed as if they were a little off compared to your average Roman. And so Nero decides that they're gonna be the ones we persecute, and so he turned the culture against the Christians, against the Christ followers. And as he, he did this, it just becomes something to where every single uh, Christian all of a sudden went from, man, I love that I follow Jesus, this and that, and, and you may have have been fearful of one or two things, but now the things you are fearful is every single day you're fearful for your life. In fact, I've talked about the fact that one of the things Nero would do after this is he would light his garden parties. He would actually impale Christians. He would, he would take a huge pole and he would impale the Christians on it and he would then wrap, wrap them in tar and cover them in tar and he would have these big parties in his garden and when it began to get dark, He would set the living Christians who are impaled all around his garden, he would set them on fire, and the Christians were the ones that would light the party. And that was kind of a a party trick that Nero would do. And so when Peter says, don't be surprised at the fiery trial, you need to understand, he was prophesying, we're about to go through a fiery trial. In fact, the title of this message is, it's going to be hell, okay? It's going to be hell. Hell, And that's just one of the things we've got to understand. But don't worry, because we're actually going to have a hopeful sermon. But we've got to be honest with each other. Jesus says we need to count the cost when we follow him. And so I'm going to get start off. I'm going to give us three things that we are in suffering, and then we're going to go through th- three choices we're going to make in suffering as we go through these next about seven verses, okay? And the first thing I want you to see is this is that I am loved in my suffering. I am loved in suffering. It's it's fascinating, or it's it's interesting that Peter starts off, don't think it's strange when you suffer, but he starts it off with beloved. He says, hey, I love y'all. Beloved, don't think it's strange when you suffer. And as he says this, the Christians who are reading this, remember when we are reading 1 Peter, we're reading Peter's mail. We're reading the mail. The Bible, if you remember, is not one book. It's a collection of 66 historical documents. And, and what we're reading right now is a, is a piece of mail. It's letters that Jesus' best friend Peter wrote to Christians who were going to go through suffering. And he says to them, listen, I love you and you are loved even when you are Suffering, and this is the example that Jesus gave us. Jesus says this in uh, Luke nine twenty two. This is what Jesus says. He says the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and he will be killed, and on the third day raised up. You know, when the Apostle Paul, when he was uh, when he was called to follow Jesus, it's very interesting. In Acts chapter nine, if you read about Paul's uh, um, conversion. One of the things that happens is everyone's scared of Paul. And this one man who is called to kind of walk with Paul while he's going through his conversion, Jesus says to him, he says, hey, I'm going to show Paul, I'm going to show him how great he must suffer for my sake, for my name. So following Jesus is is a call to suffer. And in fact, Even Peter himself, if you remember in John chapter 21, Jesus comes by. I I, I picture him putting his arm around Peter and saying, hey, someday somebody is going to stretch out your arms and they're going to lead you where you don't want to go. And this is Jesus prophesying to Peter, you're going to be crucified just like me. And as we know, Peter was crucified upside down just like Jesus, although Jesus was crucified regular, just right side up, when they went to crucify Jesus or Peter, he said, I can't be crucified like, I'm not worthy to be crucified like Jesus. So they did it upside down. So suffering is a part of the calling. Suffering is a part of it. And this should encourage us though, because we are still loved by God, even when we suffered. It reminds me of this hymn that's, it's kind of an old hymn. It says, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And that's just kind of the the mentality we sometimes get as Christians, especially when we've had so many years of comfort and not really having to deal with suffering. And so one of the most encouraging, if you can find this, encouraging things that Peter says is he says, even when you suffer, you are loved. But don't think it's strange. Don't think that, that God has forgotten about you. Don't think that God has abandoned you. God is with you. Jesus loves you even in your suffering. And he uses this, this word, the fiery trial. And not only do I think that was a prophecy about, uh, about the burning of Rome, but I also think it's a reference to hell. I think it's supposed to bring to mind the fact that sometimes living in this world is going to feel like hell. Hi, any amens on that? Okay, we've got a studio audience with the band, which is great. And they, got, they gave me some amens. Um, and that's just, I know right now we're, we're down here. I promise you, we're going up here. And that's just the, the truth that it's going to sometimes feel like hell. In fact, I would love right now, maybe in the chat, or, um, I would love to know what trials you may be going through. You know, one of our values at this church is that we want to be authentic over artificial. And this is going to be a real sermon. I'm going to reveal a lot of what I've been dealing with. Now, I would love to hear, though, and I would love to be praying. I see y'all on here, and um, I would love to know some of the things you guys have been dealing with. So at the end of this message, I'm actually going to try to pray specifically for some of y'all that's in the chat, maybe talking about what you've been dealing with. But I want to let you in on a little bit of my past uh, couple of weeks as I've been preparing um, to, to to preach two messages on suffering. This is kind of what happens whenever I preach on marriage. Eric and I will; the tension just builds. It's just the way God works. Is makes He makes it real for me. Okay. Um, last week. We got a lot of good news in this church. We had uh, a church approach us, and we, we've talked a little bit about um, a possible a location we've been looking at, and who knows how that's going to go, but I was all excited. That was It was really neat, and we've just it was kind of a weighty decision, but we've been looking at and praying for how God is going to bless us in this time. But I also had this doctor's appointment that I went to, and it was just my regular checkup, a new doctor, and... As I went through this, ch- this checkup, I didn't go because it was postponed in- earlier in the pandemic. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna go just to make sure I'm okay. And my doctor just started running test after test after test. And I got home the next, or I got home and I was like, man, he just seemed to run a lot of tests. In fact, he sent me down for imaging and doing some stuff. I just couldn't figure out. It didn't seem, didn't seem weird or it didn't seem normal to me. And so the next day, this was uh, a week ago, Friday, um, I got my results, and it was just a, a note from my doctor. And he said, Joel, I just want to let you know the imaging came back. All of your tests came back, and you have uh, heart disease. And I thought, man, that's, that was a lot of news to take. And so my family had had heart disease, and you know I, I was aware this was a possibility. But all of a sudden, I was faced with this reality that I got to make some life changes, And I was also, I've got to uh, reconcile the fact that I'm mortal. And I just started wrestling, what does this mean? Does this mean tomorrow I could have a heart attack? Does this mean, you know, I'm still years away? I don't know what it means. But then I kept reading and he uh, had more. And he said, and also... I want you to go back in for another scan, is what he said. We found a lot of, uh, he said, micropulmonary nodules in your lungs, and we just happened to notice these things. And so he said, I want you to go back in for a scan. And so I was like, well, that's odd. I don't even know what that means. And so uh, I just kept reading. And then it's one of those things where I would never have thought this was going to happen, but he said, and by the way, I don't think it's cancer. And as I got that, I was like, well, who put the C word in this whole thing? I I, I, I wasn't there. I, I didn't know anything about it. And so one of the things I've been dealing with this week is I've been wrestling with the fact, you know what? I am loved by God, even if I'm going through hard things, even if I'm wrestling in my mind. And by the way, uh, he doesn't think it's cancer. I think I'm fine. But this week I've had to wrestle with that. I've had to wrestle with my mortality. And so I want to just... Move us into my next point, knowing that this is real to me as well. This is uh, going to be kind of my point for verse thirteen. Is this is that I am joyful in my suffering. I am joyful in my suffering. This is what Peter says in verse thirteen. He says, "Rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed." Remember, if you suffer on earth. With, um, like Jesus, you will live in heaven with Jesus. There are exciting things that happen in life, and sometimes they're hard, but we have these promises, and they're all over the Bible, that if you suffer well, someday you will live well, you will experience all there is. This is what Paul said in Romans eighteen or 8, 17. He said, we are heirs and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And so we have this promise: you can be joyful in suffering. And I'll tell you, when I got that news on Friday a week ago, it was just heavy for me, and, and I was wrestling with it. I was not what you would call joyful on the at that. At the, I was just processing it. But I had already scheduled a camping trip with two of my boys, and so we went camping. And I'm watching them around the fire, and I'm just wrestling with this. And they're playing uh, the first game ever invented. The very first game. You know what it was called? It's called, What Happens When I Burn This, okay? And it's every single boy has played this, everyone who's ever been camping. And basically what you do is you look around the campsite and anything that's not nailed down, you throw it into the fire and you see what happens, okay? And so they were doing this and they were having so much fun doing this and it just dawned on me, you know what? What better day to be told, listen, Life is fleeting. Life is quick. You need to enjoy every moment. What better time to do that when I see my boys enjoying that time right there? And I just had this moment of joy of thank you, Lord, for putting me right here, right now in this moment where I'm able to experience and truly be in this moment. And I'm not thinking about these other things. It just put me so close to, you know, this is what matters, So I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what you're facing. You may be going through hell right now, but I promise you there are reasons to be joyful. There are reasons that you can choose to be joyful. I I thought about this as one of my favorite sayings, and it came to my mind this week. It's this. It's that God has brought you through 100% of your worst days. You are undefeated in Christ. Have you ever thought about that? No matter how hard your last five months have been or eight months, whatever month we're on of this thing, God has brought you through 100% of your worst, of your hardest days. You know what? I remember so many times where I have missed the moments and I was so joyful that even though I had this hard news, I was able to enjoy it. I was able to find joy. And the last thing I want to show you is that I am blessed in my sufferings. I am blessed in my sufferings. He says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because of the spirit of, the gl- of glory and God rest upon you. Listen, whenever you're suffering, you're not abandoned. You are loved by God. You can find joy and you are actually blessed. Let's be honest. This pandemic for a lot of us has felt like hell. It's, it's The economy is going through it. Some of our, our relationships, our marriages might be going through it. But one of the things we need to remember is that even in our sufferings and in our struggles, we have blessings from God. You know, one of the things that has come out of this pandemic is our church has been able to kind of step back and see, you know, where do we need to change? How can we do better? And it's basically given us permission to make a lot of changes. It's given us permission uh, to really rethink what we do. And it's also, uh, it's brought a lot of other blessings. One of the things we've been praying for as our elders is that if churches um, that are going through this begin to struggle, maybe we can partner with a church. Maybe we can uh, be there and see if there are opportunities coming our way, uh, finding a building and stuff. And and even uh, though we had no plans of this, we've already begun to see this may be something that God does. And so there are blessings all around Even in your suffering, God can bless you. And the the crux of it is, is am I going to choose? What am I going to choose? Am I going to choose to obey God? Even in suffering, am I going to keep following him? Or am I going to just say, you know what? This is not what I signed up for. Remember again, Jesus said, you need to count the cost. And as Christians, as Christ followers, when we make the decision, you know what? I want to follow Jesus. We make this decision. I'm going to choose to obey him even in suffering. He goes on in uh, chapter 15. I'm going to give you three things, by the way, right now to, um, that we can choose in suffering, okay? And the first choice that we can make in 15, he says, do not suffer as the murderer or the thief or the evildoer or as the meddler. The first choice you can make is this, I will not sin in my suffering, I will not sin. And and by the way, it's interesting that 1 Peter, written 2,000 years ago, uh, he gives us this list of I'm not going to murder, I'm not going to steal stuff, and I'm not going to meddle. I think that he threw that in there just because he knew that uh, there's going to be a lot of meddling going on in this pandemic. I think he threw this in for us. This is the verse to use if uh, somebody is talking about your school choice, of you know, your choice, just throw, hey, I'm not gonna, we're not going to meddle in this. This is kind of, to me, the school choice uh, verse for the week. Uh, last week, it was probably something else that people were meddling in our business. But one of the things he does is he equates murder and meddling. I just thought that was an interesting point for us when we, uh, when we choose. But he says, we're not going to choose to sin and suffering. If we're going to suffer, we're going to suffer for righteousness. We're going to suffer for doing good. And you see, as Christ followers, that's always been a challenge. Because a big part of us wants to to take the reins and wants to do our way. But Jesus always leads us to nonviolence. He always leads us to pray for our enemies to a harder path. And so, uh, Peter tells us, I will not sin in my suffering. As we keep going through this, I don't know. As I I look through that, and I see some of y'all on here, I see... uh, Haley Rodriguez says, uh, Anxiety is so strong right now. Our Lord is bigger than anxiety. I have to remind myself. And that's exactly, that's it. That right now there's so much. We have to remind ourselves of these. I will not sin in my suffering. I'm going to be blessed in my suffering. I'm going to be joyful even in suffering because I am loved in suffering. The next thing he says is he says, Yet if any suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Let him glorify God. For it is a time for judgment to begin at the household of God. It is the time of judgment. And if it begins with us, then the the, the outcome for those who do not... What is the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous are scarcely saved, in other words, if we get in by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin, what about those that are far from God? What about the ungodly and the sinner? This leads us to the second thing Peter Peter wants us to see, is in our suffering, I will not deny Jesus in my suffering. I will not deny God in my suffering. Because this is the temptation when you know the fiery trial is coming. The fiery trial, and at that time, it was the culture was about to implode on all Christ followers, and I will tell you, it could be the exact same way for us today. And so P- Peter makes it clear. as Listen, if the culture implodes on us, we are not going to deny our faith in Jesus. We are going to follow Jesus. Now, It's interesting to me that as Christ followers, we're ready to give him our sins. When somebody says, hey, you have baggage, you have have a weight of, of your past, you have all this, put it on Jesus, cast your cares on Jesus, and he will take them. His burden is light. We all do that. We're quick to put our sins on him, but not many of us will put our reputation on him. Isn't that a fascinating thing to note? Is that many of us, when it comes to the culture We want to kind of walk this line and make sure that, you know what, I'll tell people I'm a Christian, but I'll qualify it. I'm not that type of Christian, this type of Christian. And, And the truth is, is that no matter what side of the political divide you are on, if you are a Christian, you're going to find yourself going against the tides of culture. You're going to find yourself going against the politics. You're going to find yourself, as they say, on the wrong side of history. And we see this all over. One of the most controversial uh, um, verses Jesus ever said was not controversial when he said it. You know, in uh, Matthew, I'm going to flip over here real quick. In Matthew 19, this just came to my mind. In Matthew 19, this is what Jesus uh, says. He says, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And he said, Therefore a man shall leave his mother and father and hold fast to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And uh, no longer will they be uh, two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Isn't it interesting that the issues we're dealing with today of how many genders are there, this and that, that Jesus was very clear. He says, God created male and female. And then there was, uh, what is a marriage? And Jesus says, uh, let a man and a wife be joined and let's not ever divide this in. I'm not trying to be political, though some of you might have tuned out. We might need to get the uh, host on the, uh, the edit button on the comments. Maybe we just take a break from comments for a second. Have we ever done that? Maybe we just take a little pause, time out from comments for a second. But I say that, and I could go on either side, but I say that just to realize that there, is, there, are, there are problems when we worry about our reputation over our, our love of God. That worrying about our reputation can lead us away from God. In fact, this is true that you can actually be on the right side of history and the wrong side of eternity. And as a Christ follower, we need to to make sure that even if we're going through suffering and even if it would lighten our load, we proclaim the, the name of Jesus above all things. Jesus has saved us of our sins and he will also take our reputation with us when we follow him in eternity. It's all about Jesus and it may mess up your politics. Now, as we keep going, I want to to go to verse 18 and and 19. It says, or or verse 19. And the last point I want to make is this. The last point, actually, I'll read the verse too, since they're on time over here. Uh, We're going to be in 18. Yeah, very good. Uh, 19. Let's do 19. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Now this, if you've got your Bible in front, I want you to circle that word entrust, Therefore, entrust your soul to your creator. The last point I want, I want you to make, this is a choice that you can make in your suffering, and that is, I will trust God in my suffering. I will trust God in my suffering. And I love this word that Peter uses, entrust, because it's the same word in the Greek. It's the same word that Jesus uses in Luke chapter 23. The last words he says on the cross, He says, Lord, into your hands I entrust, I commit my spirit. And then it says, and he breathed his last. The last thing, the last example Jesus gave us while he was alive before his resurrection was he taught us to entrust our souls to God. Entrust our souls to God. Don't say, you know what, I tried to do everything right. Instead, he said, Lord, it's in your hands I commit my spirit. And that's exactly what I would encourage us to do. Now, I, as I said earlier, I've been wrestling with hard news this week, and I've been thinking a lot about just what the, the future holds for me, you know what I mean? And there's just no way around it. And as I thought about this, I've been wrestling with my mortality. And that's something that is not, as, as Peter says, it's not weird. That's not something that is unique to me. Many of you have been in the same place, but I'll tell you, even in a, in a pandemic, and maybe even more, of just sitting in a waiting room by yourself. No one's allowed in. And then going into this room, and there's just, just this big machine. There's one guy, and he's scared of you. He's got a mask on, and he, he won't really. He talks to you, but he's at, right at the door. And then he immediately, he, he has me sit down. He hooks some things up to me, and then he goes into another room, and it's just you in this room, and some of you have had this experience or something similar. You've been in, some of you have been in with your child. I've been there too, and there's just this lonely moment where they they put this iodine, and it just, my whole body starts to burn a little bit, and you hear these voices. First, it's the guy's voice, and he's telling you to, you know, turn here, do this, and then all of a sudden, it goes quiet, and this machine starts moving and this computer lady starts talking to you. And this thing starts spinning and you realize the reason he's not in this room is because there's probably a lot of radiation being put out and it's spinning and moving and doing all these things. And I'm just sitting there thinking, is this the moment that's going to change everything in my life? Is this the moment? Is what is about to happen right now And by the way, I don't have my test results back, so I can give you some advice if you're ever going to get a uh, scan to determine your future. Uh, Don't do it on a Friday, maybe. (laughs) Do it on a Monday. I'm just going to throw that out there. A little tip from Joel. That's free. As I'm sitting in there, though, I think, is this what's going to make me have to have this conversation with my kids or a hard conversation with my wife? Is this this that moment that's going to change everything? And, you know, it was, it was kind of a hard moment, but I, I don't want to pretend it's unique to me. In fact, all of us are going to go through a moment like that. And that's why it's so encouraging to me to have this this week, because here's what I know. I'm going to live longer in eternity. I'm going to live longer on that side of heaven than I am on this side. And if it takes a hard reminder to, 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 to show me, you know what, Joel? you can do everything right and it still may not go your way. We said this about the life of Peter last week or in the last few weeks is, hey, God will save you every time until he doesn't. But when he doesn't, when that day comes, and I think the most real moment we're ever gonna have is that day when we stand before the Lord. The best advice Jesus gives us is even if you suffered, even if you struggled to get there, entrust your soul to Jesus entrust your soul to him and you will have the promise of eternity. You'll have the promise of your faithful creator. So that's what I want to challenge us to leave with today. The best thing Jesus ever did was he rose from the grave and he showed us he truly did. He truly was the son of God. He died on a cross for our sins, but I think the greatest example he ever did was when he taught us to entrust our souls, our spirits to God and not try to go through this life on our own. There will be a day in which it doesn't matter what you've done. It only matters, did you entrust your soul to Jesus? And so for some of you, that may be your takeaway. In fact, I want to encourage everybody right now to think about this question. What is the next step God is calling you to take? Maybe from one of the earlier points, but in just a minute, we're going to meet together as groups. And that may, that's one of the questions you may want to answer in your, your Zoom meetings with your connect groups. And by the way, if you don't have a connect group, uh, reach out in the comments and I'll, I'll send you an invite to my connect group. And if you want to join next week, we can get you connected as well. But one of the things I want y'all to talk about, I just want you to see what impacted you in this message, but also what is God calling you to do? Are you prepared to suffer With Jesus? Are you prepared to suffer? Because if you are, I will promise you, you're also preparing to live with Him. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for this week that you have given me in in my life. I thank you so much for every single event that has happened. I thank you so much for the technology I've been through that's been able to, to focus me so much this week. And Lord, right now, I pray for every single person that is watching this, every single person, and I see so many on here, Lord, I pray for every single person watching this that is going through hell, that is going through something that maybe they don't deserve. Maybe they're going through something that they never thought they would have to even talk about and let alone actually face. Maybe they feel that loneliness, Lord, if there are people who are struggling right now and feel as if, you know what, I don't know what the future holds, Lord, I pray that in this moment you will reveal yourself to them in such a new way. And you will use Connection Point Church to reach out to connect with them. Lord, whether it's in a group in just a moment or whether it's just them being bold enough to say, hey, I need some help, I need some prayer. And right now in the chat, somebody prays with them. Lord, I pray that you will reveal yourself to them so clearly that no matter what they're going through, a joy will come over their hearts of knowing that they are loved by you and you have them right where you want them because you are doing a work in their life that will last eternally. Lord, I pray we have hope today that brings joy, a joy that no one else can even understand, not because we are good, but because you are. It's in the name of Jesus we ask. Amen.